0: Alright, thumbs up. We are playing Never Have I Ever. (laughs) So, you have the opportunity to say your own, and you've got to put your finger down. If you have, who would like to start? Oh, wait, we're really doing this? Oh, yeah, absolutely.
1: (laughs) I think the question is, is is Rob going to (laughs) participate? He would like to win. My thumbs have taken the vow of silence. (laughs) You ready? For instance, never have I ever flown to Hawaii. Yeah, I would
2: oh, I didn't mean to, but I did. <laughs> 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 All
0: right. So now that we understand the rules of the game, we would love for you to play with us. Put your thumbs up.
1: Never have I ever intentionally eaten an onion. Never? Never intentionally, no. Since childhood. Since childhood. What wow. is it about onions you don't like? Wow. Uh, taste. So just the, the taste of them. So wait a minute. But the texture reminds me of the taste, and so I also have a problem. with it. So when was the first time you had an onion? Problem with onions. Uh, I remember not liking onions since I was four. But You had to
2: have them at some point intentionally to get to the <laughs> point that you knew you didn't Thumbs like
0: Thumbs down.
1: No, false. It's not true.
0: Did you... Did your caregiver? I can't. Let slip me say this. In?
1: I can't remember ever intentionally eating. Them <laughs> in. I don't. I don't
0: ever intentionally remember putting. Never ever
2: have I eaten octopus. I need to phone a friend. You need
0: to ph- Wait, what I do you to mean? To you need to phone, a, phone friend. a friend. I don't know. Hey, Jeff. <laughs> Jeff <Jess? laughs> have I ever eaten octopus? Probably not. Thumbs up. (laughs) (laughs) This is going to be interesting. Never have I ever worn a two piece bathing suit. What do you mean by two piece? Two piece. Two pieces. We're all men here. I'm just seeing, just sink it out just to see if you were like challenged in your college days to put on a, put on a two piece. Anybody? Not this man. It would have been funny. It would have been funny.
2: All right. I'll get you both here. You guys thumbs are going down. Never have I ever gotten a ticket.
1: Oh yeah. That, yeah, I'm definitely going down. (laughs) Hey, just to be clear. How's that that true? Just to be clear.
0: Never gotten a ticket. I've seen how how you drive. How many tickets do you, did you deserve in your lifetime? Apparently zero, countless. Okay, zero because I have
2: none. Oh, you always drive the speed limit. I my honestly, I try to go with the flow of the traffic,
0: <laughs> which is no. Which in Texas means whatever you want to go limit. with. But I figured if you're in the flow of traffic, you're pretty safe. So Robert, sounding like a politician, <laughs> <laughs> little spin. <laughs> um, I've only gotten one ticket. Dave. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: I think I got three or four tickets before I graduated college. And that... I haven't. Uh, that's not true. I've had one since then. So. You just got a ticket the other day. Oh you didn't get pulled over for it. It no, was a camera. It was fake ticket, not real ticket. I didn't actually do what they said I did. Ticket. Oh, we that. That's play. what everybody says, though. <laughs> <laughs> contest. <laughs> Who's the politician? <laughs> <laughs> I turned right on a red light and I stopped beforehand. I'm totally fine.
2: You you know what I it, you uh, huh? You're not love to be contesting. you You don't have to.
1: You it, don't have to. It's, it's a the camera. red light camera tickets, and the, te- the state of Texas says they are illegal, and so they don't go on your record. So, but do you have to pay? You don't have to pay. So, what do you do? Like, the only people that are paying are just volunteering it's, their cash for. It's kind of like what some
2: people might do with jury duty. This could be a great question.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey.
2: Never good- have I ever
0: intentionally ignored my jury summons. Oh. Now, is it ignored if you eventually go? If you eventually go, you cover up for the sins of the past. Correct? No. <laughs> no.
2: <laughs> like if you got if you the deal and you just didn't respond it to it, you didn't ask for an extension, you didn't do anything. Um, no, just, I've asked
0: an extension. Yeah. I'd say if you ask for the
2: extension, that's fine. But okay. like,
0: I know of people, I know of people it that
2: will be like, I never got it.
0: Yes, they so, can't prove I ever got it. So we want to know how really quickly. Well, tickets, tickets. How many you have? Put them in the comments, even if you're embarrassed. And we also want to know. Wait. If you've ever you think intentionally, I'm no intentionally, here's the good thing about Dave done the jury skip jury duty. Okay, all right. Never have I ever run from the police, either on a car or on foot. I'm trying to think, hang on. <laughs> this is your favorite story, bro. <laughs> I probably did as a child. <laughs> he probably did as a child. You were being chased by a police officer, one of your neighbor friends. He wasn't on <laughs> duty. You made it sound like he was on what, duty, like right, an on duty right. cop did like I, with lights I flashing make, behind you. Did I did I specify Dave? Never? No, I have no. never <laughs> run from a police officer. <laughs> I saw your thumb go down, and I want to hear that story. <laughs> no, well, to be very clear, lights went on, but we were trying to evade at the time, <laughs> being pulled over. And maybe one of my friends, and, and it wasn't me, like I wasn't the person driving, but he definitely wrecked his car trying to evade the police officer.
2: So it was like a natural police officer in a police car?
0: Yeah, we were on school grounds and we shouldn't have been like late at night. Mm -hmm. And then we're like, is that a police officer? And it was. (laughs) And so it's like, let's go. And as we started pulling away, he started pulling away. And so, you know, you play too much Grand Theft Auto and you're like, left turn. And he like spun out into a ditch. And then the cop pulled up. No no, 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 no. We literally... <laughs> Did you run? <laughs> no, we didn't run. Um But we're like, oh my goodness, like, this is even worse, because it's not like you were doing anything I mean, other than trespassing, but it wasn't like you were doing anything bad, but like speeding off and then wrecking to a ditch. It's like, what are you guys doing? (laughs) And so thankfully his car didn't get stuck. And so we continued down that street only to realize it was a dead end street. (laughs) (laughs) Got to love the brain cells of 18 year olds, man. So we got to the end of that dead end street and then we just put our seats down (laughs) For like (laughs) forty-five minutes. We're not in here. We're not in here. (laughs) If we can't see his car, he can't see ours. Oh my goodness! There's so much. So he hit a sign, right? So we knocked down a dead. We knocked down the dead end street sign, (laughs) and then there's skid marks into the ditch. So it's like, I wonder where they went. So he wasn't chasing you. Like oh guy, no, he would have definitely like, found us if he, he was chasing <laughs> if he wanted us. to. <laughs> he probably just turned his car on to like scare us away. <laughs> and so all that was really dramatic. <laughs> well, hey, welcome to ACC Talk. My name is Jarrell. I'm Rob. And I'm Dave.
1: We have, we have our fearless leader back with us today. Yeah, maybe. He's maybe. actually going to say words. A few.
0: This week. We kind of planned at the beginning of the year that we were going to talk about who's in control of your life. And um, it's just kind of fitting um, just to talk a little bit about uh, yesterday's untimely death with Kobe Bryant. It's, uh, It's interesting
2: just when you always watch how people handle death. And just process through that, and obviously you hate to see that. Uh, it felt horrible for those families, and obviously, a lot of attention is on Kobe, but there was a number of other people in that helicopter,
0: yeah, there was nine people, which was super crazy because uh, there was a husband, wife, and daughter on there, yeah. and so yeah, super tragic because I kind of remember this like when Princess Diana died, like it was just like twenty four seven coverage. And I just remember kind of feeling devastated, not even knowing the person. Why do you guys think that this happens when when there's someone that's like super famous, that people kind of go through those emotions?
1: I I would say part of it is just that it reminds us all of our own mortality, you know, just the idea that if it happens to them, it can happen to us, too. I think the fact that they were so young you, you expect people to pass when they're older and you're bummed, but it's not like, you know, that's what happens. But when you don't expect a 41-year-old and his 13-year-old daughter to pass. Yeah. And I think that's part of it.
2: I think, too, people obviously make connections, you know, with sports people. you If you have a favorite sports team, you often talk about that team as my team. We, you know, there's an association. And so with somebody like Kobe, who obviously was with one team for such a long period of time for his whole career, uh, I think that you have a lot of people like that. And even if you didn't like the Lakers or don't like the Lakers, you still, the, the things he did in basketball are pretty amazing. Um, and so I think a lot of people, maybe even young people, like you grow up like, oh, I want to play like Kobe or I want to be his character on a video game. And so I think somehow we make these connections and so then when that's the person who unfortunately passes away, all of a sudden it's like, well, that, it feels like it hits maybe closer than it really is uh, because of those kind of connections. And I think it just kind of makes everybody stop and think, well, wait a minute. It's not supposed to happen to that person. You hate to see it happen to anybody, but it, It just seems wrong, almost like that shouldn't happen. I think you were saying it. You figure somebody that's got the finances, you know, obviously you're flying in a helicopter, like that shouldn't happen. It should be totally safe. It should be fine. And so I think that's where it really hits home. Like, wow, this could happen to anybody.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think the more that I think about it, I think I come to a place of um, like everybody has an appointment. You know, with death, and I think it's one of those things that it really doesn't matter how famous you are, or how much money that you have, or how much influence that you have. Um, it just kind of reminds you of how precious life is and how we ought to be spending it every day. I think it becomes really easy um, to get perspective out of whack um, when there's uh, maybe quarreling between people or dissension between people and arguments and like. Um, what do you think about this? And what do you think about that? And I think you come to the end of the day and you realize how much your own children and how much your own parents and um, the people in your life, how much they mean to you above, you know, the petty stuff. And I think that it it just causes us to think about, you know, um, how valuable life is. And I think particularly with Kobe Bryant, and something I've noticed is you've seen
1: people talking about it is just that. There's probably a side of Kobe Bryant that most people just didn't see or know, but the people that were close to him and in media with him, in basketball with him, he was obviously he would left a legacy of some sort. People are really, really uh, rocked by this, and so like Stephen A. Smith uh, on I heard on ESPN uh, this morning, like could not, could barely talk, mm-hmm. like getting through all that stuff, and so. Just seeing, I think I think part of it is seeing uh, other people uh, deal with that. And I think, you know, we have empathy for that as people are dealing with that loss. I
2: think it just makes death real to people. And I a lot of times we don't know how to handle it. We don't know how to walk through that. We don't know what that looks like. And especially if we don't have the hope of Christ and what that means in the eternal life, you don't know how to respond. Like, how do you, if you don't have that hope, you don't. Where do you lean on? What do you go to in that time of need and hurting? And so it's, I think it just, again, is that eye-opening piece that just kind of makes people maybe stop and think. Again, here's somebody you might thought was almost immortal. Sure, nothing's bad's going to happen to this person. Um, and boom, it does.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think this is something that people struggle with quite a bit when we think about, like, fairness. Like, you could say maybe... 41's young, but you could say that maybe, hey, he lived a really full life. Um, But when you think about the girls, the teenagers on there, um, it just becomes extremely difficult, especially when you think about your own kids. Um, And I think the thing that people struggle with um, oftentimes, um, even Christians, is just fairness and how does that seem like it's fair. Um, And, you know, um, kind of going back to this whole topic of what we're going to talk about today of who's in control um, I think that 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 is like something that a lot of people outside of the faith really struggle with, and even people inside the faith that have great loss. And so, yeah, I just want to get your ideas on that and how we can kind of deal with the idea of fairness and then also deal with the idea of, you know, when, when basically bad stuff happens to what we just perceive to be good people.
2: Yeah, I mean, it is a huge huge concept in that and trying to figure out, you know, that whole process and how you can evaluate that. And I think one of the key things we have to keep in mind is, um, everything we know has a beginning and an end. Um, and so obviously God doesn't. And so he doesn't think the way we think in that way. And so I think that's the first thing we got to remember is, how we process things maybe isn't how God sees the big picture and all of that. And I think that's vital uh, in that. I also want to make sure we understand that the brokenness that our world has and these kind of tragedies and the death, it breaks God's heart. That's not what he wants. That's really the whole story of the scripture is how he fixes the problem, the sin problem that came into the world. And so I think as you look at that, like you're saying, it seems unfair. And obviously you don't wish that. You don't pray for that. You don't hope that upon anybody. Um, But in the scheme of it, you know, God is in control, but we also live in a world where bad things happen because of sin. And so it's just this weird balance. And sometimes, um, you know, it's why did God maybe prevent something, but not another thing. We, we, We can't always figure that out we are not gonna necessarily know um, it's kind of you go into the scriptures and you look at Job you know and his friends and him they're asking all these questions and it gets to the end and God's like all right time out Job where were you when I created the heavens and the earth and everything and he just kind of goes through it where were you when I created this and did this and this and you know Job's aunt, I wasn't I'm sorry I, I who am I in some sense to speak into you know, we quickly want to judge and point the finger at God, and I think that's a very dangerous spot. I think Job, the Book of Job, points that out to us that God's very different than any human. Obviously, yeah. He's God, and so it's just kind of and the toughest part of that is you got to kind of just trust. You know that God is in control, and it's hard to let go.
1: I think one of my f- favorite things to rest on, and you kind of talked about a little bit, is this the the idea that you can see in the Psalms that His his thoughts are higher, higher than ours. Like his thoughts are not our thoughts. And so when we see something that doesn't match up with our idea of what should happen, that we have to have trust. And, and I think that's part of where that faith comes in, that God has a better and bigger plan, uh, than we do. And that he sees the end and just remind ourselves that we don't see the end. We don't know what it's going to look like, this thing that we're going through right now, this thing uh, that we're experiencing, uh, it might, it might, it's, it's going to turn out. It might turn out great. We just, it just doesn't feel like it right now. And so, just trusting that God has uh, good for us in the end, um, even if that good comes at the very end um, when we pass away and are with Him in heaven because we gave our lives to Christ. um, I think that that is
0: something we just have to trust. Yeah, something I was mentioning uh, at our high school group last night is just the importance in this. Like, because we can't always make sense of, um, because like I say, my father passed away um, going into my eighth grade year. We can't always make sense of it, and we may never even know why. Um, But man, it is so important that at this moment right now that we realize that we aren't promised tomorrow. Therefore, we need to do what we are able to do, have faith and belief in Christ um, while we have the opportunity to do so and why that's just so important. Um, It's so, I think what's so jarring about it, about this particular situation, is it's like we, we think, man, we have time to take care of that sin or we, we have time uh, to get over this habit or this addiction um, uh, because maybe your parents are still alive and they're in their 80s, and so therefore you do the mental math and you think, well, I should at least get somewhere around to my 80s. But the reality is, is man, um, there's a lot of older people in this world and there's a lot of... Um, children, teenagers, young adults um, that pass away every single day. There is no guarantees um, based on averages and things like that. And so how important it is uh, for us to make the decision today to follow Christ. Yeah. And let's also
1: use that as a just kind of a motivation for ourselves to continue to share that faith because the people around us aren't guaranteed tomorrow either. And you may have uh, a friend or family member that you know you need to share the gospel with. You need to share Christ with them. And you've been kind of putting it off because you're worried about it or you're a little scared. But use this, this untimely death, as motivation to say, hey, they're not guaranteed tomorrow either. Mm -hmm. Let let me take that moment and share with them about why, why I believe, why... This is why I put my faith in Jesus. I would love for you to do the same.
2: Yeah, I even think this morning, as I was set, uh took some time to pray, you know, praying for the one that we talked about in this challenge series, you know, who is that person or people that you're praying for, you know, maybe with this event in the back of my mind, you kind of pray a little more further, you yeah. look, like a little more like passion in that, because again, we're not guaranteed tomorrow. Mm
0: hmm. All right. So where do we go from here? Um, Some people are dealing with grief or disbelief, um, wondering how God may be fair. Um, So how do we step out of this and and on to the next thing?
1: I think, honestly, I think the best way is just to take a moment and say, uh, especially if we're talking about control, that I'm just going to give God control. I'm just going to give it all to him and uh, allow him to set the direction of my life. And now we say that, but it's not like God is going to, he's not, we're not putting ourselves on autopilot and letting God just pilot and push us forward. Because when we say that we're giving God control, what we're really saying is that we are now going to start making decisions that we know that God would want for us. Even if we're afraid of them, even if we th- if we, if we feel like that, that decision is going to make us uncomfortable, Um, And just really saying that now um, I'm going to stop having kind of one foot in, one foot out, like, but I'm going to start making decisions, making choices um, to kind of give my life to God and and make those decisions as I know that he would want to make them. I think that's the best next step forward.
0: That's really cool. I think something you said in there that really just kind of you know, just made me remember this statement. Um, when a situation like this happens, I think you realize that you having control, you never really had control of your life. Um, when you think about the particular make and model of that that helicopter, um, it has a super safe track record. Um, and I've got to believe that there's no way that he would put his own daughter's life in danger nor the lives of the other families had he thought, at any sort of way at the beginning of that day that it would end up like that. And so it's just super crazy in the sense that we just have to be vigilant and remember that um, no matter how much we do to try to gain control of our situations, um, really the control was never ours to have. It's always been in God's hands so we can be anxious and we can worry about it. Or we can give up those things to allow God um, to really be the Lord of our life. Yeah, and I think you've
2: got to kind of stop and ask. I think, again, great time to kind of, when events like this happen, cause us to reflect, what am I really striving for? What is the purpose of life? What am I you know, going for? Because I think a lot of people would look at Kobe. Obviously, incredible, successful career as a basketball player. Uh, continue to have influence um, and obviously you got a family, beautiful family. And a lot of people might look at it, that's what I want. And I'm going to be like Kobe, you know, because you don't think something terrible is going to happen to an individual. And then it does. And so it makes you stop and say, what am I putting my hope in really? I think it goes back a step further than what Dave's even saying. Of, you know, obviously you hope somebody can get to that point to say, I'm going to let go and trust God. But how do I, I think we got to ask ourselves, what am I trusting in? What am I hoping for? What is my purpose in doing any of this? And if it's all about me, I think we're putting, you know, obviously that's not what it's about. It's not about a man, uh, it's about God. And so, is our hope that Because it's always interesting, again, as you look at people's response. Um, and honestly, I think everybody means really well in a time like this. But you just watch, and it's, and I, I don't know the spiritual situation of everybody, obviously, but you see a lot of people talk about my thoughts and my prayers are with you. And it's a pretty crazy how most of the times you'll never hear any reference to anything spiritual, but all of a sudden now it's prayers are there. And so there's this piece of us that just knows that it really is something with God. And you know, mm-hmm. there's this piece missing, and we don't know how to respond. And so I just think, gosh, if you're a person that will say, hey, let me, my prayers are with you in this time, well, why would you say that? And just where, because there's some hope i think that's just clinging to reaching for something to put hope into in a situation that seems hopeless mm-hmm. and despair and so i think that's where i would challenge people to just say what is your hope in what are you striving for what is that purpose what is it that you are trying to achieve that you think is going to be what it's about
0: Yeah, definitely. So if you've come to that point in time in your life where you have evaluated where you're at and you realize that maybe your hope isn't in Christ or maybe your hope isn't in God then we just want to encourage you to take that next step, to take that leap of faith, um, to believe in Jesus Christ. Um, Because I think one of the things that you said before about how God doesn't see necessarily this beginning and end, it's because our souls are eternal. And so even though we've passed away from this lifetime, um, the reality is our soul continues to live and so I think there's this piece um, where we don't want this emotional response from you, um, but really just this idea, have you thought about your eternity and, and wanting, to, wanting for that to be with God? And so if you are in that place and you want to do that, we just want to encourage you to reach out to us. And man, we would love to be able to walk you through that journey.
1: We actually have a couple of groups that I think would be really great for someone that's in that spot of life coming up this semester. Um, And one of them is a freedom group. And so freedom groups are really focused on uh, the the premise is that we all have stuff in our past uh, that is probably holding us back in our life. that's holding us back in our relationship with God holding us back in our relationship with others. And uh, sometimes we don't even see it. We don't even know it. And so freedom is all about just kind of freeing us of that stuff. That's going to be on Monday nights. My wife and I are leading that group. And then also uh, maybe you're new to faith and you're still figuring out what is giving God control of my life look like? What does that uh, do? And so we're going to have a fresh start group on Wednesday nights at the church. And so that group is really just about having that fresh start with God. First half of the group, we're really looking through like, how do we believe in God? Why do we believe in God? What what? Just walking through those questions and those beliefs. And the second part of the group is really how do we? So we believe in God. How do we have a relationship with Him? And kind of walking through, you know, the practical steps. Like, what is the Bible? What does that look like? How do I pray? How do I talk to God? Um, and I think those are two really great options. If you're in that spot where you're ready to give God control, come hang out with me this, this small group semester. And I think it'll be, uh, beneficial for you.
0: Very cool.
2: Yeah, we uh, this weekend we're starting a brand new sermon series, uh, really looking through the month of February, talking about relationships, and so we're going to kind of start with general relationships, the friendships, the people in our lives that we have, we're going to focus in probably in the following week, kind of that parent-child relationship, uh, week three is going to be around the covenant of marriage, and then uh, week four, we're actually going to be kind of talking to, okay, maybe I don't fall into any of those categories, and I'm a, somebody that's single, and uh, just kind of looking at how do we have those godly relationships, and very, next, next month.
0: Very cool. Yeah. We'll be uh, mirroring the same, uh, for next month, uh, for the podcast on relationships. And so we just want to, we would love for you, um, especially on this podcast to send in any questions that you guys have about, uh, relationships, uh, maybe some things that are right, some things that are wrong or anything that's specific to your life. And we would love to be able to answer those right here. Hey, thank you guys for joining us and we'll see you guys next week. Air high five. <laughs> that is what I did. <laughs> high five the camera. Mailchimp. <laughs> <laughs>